0: This is Geek Gab with your host, John and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back, Geek Gab, for Saturday, October 21st, 2017. And I want to read this title, read this title instead of trying to do it from my admittedly razor sharp memory, because I want to get it straight. I want to make sure that the title I put on the video comes across in the show itself. The sh- title of today's show is "Grave Ghosts and Reptilian Starfarers." But before I explain what exactly that means, uh, how are things going, fellow co-host of the show?
1: Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. Busy week.
0: Did we do a? We didn't do a game night this week, did we?
1: No, we we uh, did two game nights in a row. Oh. I think I missed the last uh, Geek Gab. So uh, we talked with um, Dungeon Grappling and uh, we did the Cyberpunk episode before that.
0: Um, by the way, uh, Dungeon Grappling, the Lost Hall of Tear. Uh, has funded, so it's a go. Uh, and if people want to get in on that, it's definitely going to get made. And so, the more money you put in now, the better the resulting project will be. I've backed, um, so uh, you know, go go take a look at that. Should I stick? I'll stick a link to that in the description notes, just cause.
1: Why not?
0: Um, so. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you were missing last week, which is ironic because Brian's missing this week.
1: That's we scheduled it that way, on purpose. On purpose, because because we can o- we only have room for one indie author per episode of Geek Gab.
0: I see. Um, Brian, by the way, folks, for those of you who are curious, is out with family, and so he has. Uh, uh, that is why he is not uh, is not with us today uh, and so i I feel like if you're out with family then you're pretty much excused from that, that that's a good excuse it's not like you can be angry at someone who isn't on the show because they're they're out with their loved ones um, in fact that's I, had a...
1: I, I think their loved ones would understand if you strapped on a GoPro and did your podcast while <laughs> attending the family picnic.
0: I think they would be very, very upset at getting put on a live. <laughs> I know I would be. If someone came to me and said, oh, by the way, this is a family reunion. No, we're gonna be, um we're going to be broadcasting live to the internet. I'd be like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> not with me in it. So, Now that we've gotten all the time-wasting out of the way, the rest of the show is going to be taut, lean, uh, and possibly a bit hallucinatory. Just, uh, Just to let you know how dedicated I, your host, am to this show, to you, the audience, how much, how high regard I am, how committed I am to delivering you weekly excellent podcasting entertainment. Two days ago, I had a sudden dental emergency and I had to go in for emergency uh, dental surgery. Now, that's not the technical term for it. The technical term is emergency oral surgery, but I am thoroughly familiar with you, degenerates, and so that's not the term I'm going to use. Emergency dental surgery. I, uh, I, understood most of what was happening, except near the end of the procedure, my dentist says to me, I think I got rid of all of the festering bone. Now, I'm not sure. I haven't, and I haven't bothered to look it up, because really, until I'm healed and I actually know it's gone, I don't want to know the precise technical definition of festering bone. But the dentist is confident that they've got all of it gone from my mouth, which is comforting in a way, but also not comforting because it meant that there was shortly before then festering bone in my mouth. It's like the house I'm living in. We had an exterminator come over to take care of some ants. And then he says at the end of the ant thing, by the way, you don't have any black widows in your house anymore. (laughs) Which is on one level comforting. It's comforting because you don't have any black widows in your house anymore. It's that anymore that is not as comforting as perhaps he intended it to be. So, I have been in the past month reassured that I no longer have black widows in my house and I also no longer have festering bone in my jaw. But that's not all. The day after the emergency dental surgery, I was woke up with a tremendous headache and a sore throat because apparently there is some kind of cold, fluish infection thing going around the family, draining into the back of my throat. Coincidentally, and the only reason I mention this is not to gross you out, coincidentally, all of this is happening within near vicinity of the gaping hole that has been drilled into the back of my jaw. And so I wake up in the morning thinking, well, this is fun. This is exciting. We just got rid of one infection, and now I have another one that is not only making my life miserable, it has the potential of reinfecting the original problem area. So being as excited as I am, I also, this is the third thing mind you, I also started taking the pain pills for my jaw, Because if you've ever seen pictures of a sculptor chiseling away at a piece of stone in order to reveal some beautiful form hidden within, that's what the dentist was doing to my jaw. She had three different chisels. Apparently, I don't know if they had different tips or different sizes or what, but she chiseled at my jaw for an hour and had to stop in the middle twice to get new x-rays just to make sure whatever she was trying to get rid of was actually gotten rid of. So that was the exciting day. So I'm taking pain pills, And I realized that the pain pills they've prescribed me are the same ones which, the last time I was able to take them for a different medical situation, actually fully gave me hallucinations. And I've been taking them for a day and a half now. So I am on the air today, devoted to you, the audience, with a hole in my jaw, a bad infection, And on medication that could cause me to legitimately wig out during the show. Just so you're forewarned. If I start talking about bugs coming out of the walls, that's why. Now, I'm not expecting it, but that may happen. Now, I'm about to talk about something which may make you think that I am hallucinating. I wish to reassure you that the very next thing I say has nothing to do with me hallucinating, Okay, It has everything to do with our special guest, Dominica Lyme, grave ghosts and reptilian starfarers. There is a spaceship out in space entirely filled with reptile People. Now, once again, I am not hallucinating, nor am I relating a conspiracy theory that is one of the two books our guest has published, and the other one is about ghosts being hunted, captured, and consumed. It's about this otherworldly reality, this ethereal reality, where ghosts are hunted and killed. So neither of those things, I, I think I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99 and a half percent sure that neither of those things are related to me hallucinating. They are related entirely to today's guest. So before we continue any further, we're going to allow Dominica line to say hi. Hi.
2: <laughs> what an introduction.
0: <laughs> That's a new record anymore, Big Ten Minutes. <laughs> was, was that only ten minutes. minutes? It felt like much, much longer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the show. show.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Um,
0: well. I would like to know as someone who is on the cusp of insanity himself due to prescription medication, um, what drove you so insane that you felt like you have to publish books? (laughs) Oh, so much stuff. (laughs) Oh, you know, um, was it a sudden psychotic break from too much stress?
2: Well, you know, I was at a very prominent liberal university when I decided <laughs> that, um, you know, to look at careers outside, outside of there. So, <laughs> possibly, possibly, uh, I, I decided to start writing books as a career in my early twenties. Uh, so.
1: That's so so did, did you, were you writing before then or did you just say, I'm going to do this and then start doing it?
2: I was writing before then, but I was writing as a hobby. Um, I've always written for all of my life since I could read and write. So it's always been something I've been doing. It, it comes very naturally to me.
0: So there is a question That is the most annoying question any writer can get asked. And I have been told that Harlan Ellison has a choice, either answer or rant on the subject. I don't remember which. Um, Both of your books are perhaps uh, a little bit unusual, although not completely outside of the range of usuality. Uh, Usuality? Where did you get... Your ideas. Answer or rant? Hmm. No, no, I'm just saying Harlan Ellison (laughs) had something in response. (laughs) I don't remember if it was an answer or a rant. Because I remember one writer, one prominent writer had a rant, and the other one said Schenectady. And so I think (laughs) despite the fact that it's completely out of character for Harlan um, not to rant and just give the answer Schenectady, I think he gave the answer Schenectady, and it was someone else who ranted. In any case
2: i like harlan's answer <laughs> I, everything you know um i i everything you know my imagination is very active um, i have very lucid dreams um so that's part of it um, especially with either one and reptilian wonder both um, dreams definitely played a role in the initial ideas
0: uh, speaking of which, folks, as is our usual habit, uh, links to uh, Dominica Lines' <laughs> author page on Amazon, where you can explore and purchase both those books, uh, is in the description of the video. And if you want to search on uh, Amazon rather than clicking on the link, uh, we also have her name correctly spelled in the description of the video. Someone's asking a question in chat there. So, I, the one I have been told... Okay, now this is true confession time. I don't even have to confess on John's behalf. Everyone just knows this. John has never read any of your books. Any of them. Oh, you gave it away already. True. (laughs) Absolutely true. And whereas I have purchased your books, and they're in my Kindle... I haven't read them yet because I've got a million things to do, and that just hasn't bubbled up to the top of today's to-do list. Um, In fact, I think I bought five to ten books in the last week. Um, Books and or magazines, because we had a new issue of Story Hack come out. We've had uh, uh, Lioness came out with its spring compilation, Um, and there were a couple of other things that came out last week. Um The a place called Hope came out last week, and these are also books I haven't read, but they're in my queue. I still technically haven't finished the last Crisolva, so it's not personal. <laughs> Just haven't had time. I'm so sorry. And if I had known, by the way, folks, I need to tell you this: if I had known that uh, Dominica was coming on the show, I would have made an effort. To read them before the show started. Now, that you may seem to, you may be a little bit confused. You can say, "But Daddy Warpig, how can you not know that Dominico was coming on the show?" It, it's because, like, just a few hours ago, four or five hours ago, I was looking around for something to do for today's show because. For various reasons that I may or may not have adequately explained, I've been busy for the last few days and haven't been able to go either watching a movie or, you know, finish a TV series or read a book or whatever to do for the show. So I was desperate and I was casting about for a guest and I uh, asked... Dominica to come on the show and she very very graciously agreed despite the fact that she's up two hours beyond her bedtime and so may also begin hallucinating herself (laughs) so I just want to let you know that, that that you have the opportunity perhaps it might happen to have fully two two members of the show, two people on this podcast, completely break down in hallucinations. Uh, but she was very, very gracious and agreed to come on the show. And that's why I haven't read the books. So we're going to have to talk about books that I haven't actually read, although I have read the blurb, the publicity blurb for both books. And and I'll be honest, this is not intended to be mean. The description of either one, which I pretty much read earlier, folks. Um, is really really strange. Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> now it's meant to be strange, so you know it's a strange, it's a strange story, it's a strange world. Um, At least according to normal people, I would assume.
0: And and I don't actually, is there, can you tell us about the book without spoiling it? Oh, (laughs) Um,
2: well, it's a first person story in POV, so first person. Uh, It's about a particular spirit or soul um, trying to make his way and figure out what he's doing in this, etheric world that he doesn't really entirely know what's what what's it all about Um, and he has a few different characters around him influencing how he's seeing it influencing um, what what he's thinking
0: Uh, did you have like a a philosophical or religious or any kind of impulse like that to writing this, or did you just say, I wanna do something about with this really, really strange kind of afterlife? Um.
1: Okay, I had, to, uh, I had to run and get the doorbell, so can you guys start over?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to catch him up, or should we just ignore him? <laughs> I mean,
0: is it something that you, that uh, uh, wasn't religiously inspired? It wasn't was it? it wasn't a dream you had?
2: Um, well, with either one, it's, you know, it's actually kind of a little hard to remember um, because it was about four four years ago or so when I came up with it, and it was one of many short stories I wrote. Um, and they were all a range of different stuff and I I'm influenced by a lot of things when I write and I don't really piecemeal it I don't pick it apart I don't analyze it to figure out what what is influencing this or that and when I first write the first draft I just write it and so either one it was the world that I wrote just straight and then I developed it from there and I I use a lot of different occult um, influences just because I enjoy reading occult and metaphysical nonfiction on my spare time. I wouldn't say religious necessarily other than the religious influences in Metaphysics itself.
0: So if someone were to come to I the One, um, or if I were to try and describe it to someone else, are there any works that you would say, oh this is kind of sort of in the same ballpark?
2: You mean like similar works or similar stories? Like yeah, that type of thing.
0: like book uh, 15 of the Dresden Files series.
2: I think, I think J.D. Cohen actually is the one that said that it reminded him of Jim Butcher's Dresden Files um, and of Clark Ashton Smith. I think he's the one that said it reminded him of those two kind of fused together with different, like, with the uh, perspective focused on the magic in Dresden Files, I haven't read Present Files, so I can only take his word for it. But...
0: Haven't read. No, that, that,
2: <laughs> I know. I've I've been meaning to. That's the one I've been meaning to
1: read. Oh yeah, that's totally worth a read. I don't I don't read, but I've read those. That that that's how good they are.
2: Yeah, I've I've been meaning to grab Stormfront. I think that, that's the first one.
0: That is the first one. Okay. Yeah. Although I have been told by people who's opinion I don't trust, uh, that The Dresden Files is good but not great for the first couple of books and really takes off in, what, three or four?
1: Yeah, that, that's true. You can get away with skipping the first couple of books. If you just wanted to read one book, if there's one book, okay, this is a good question. If there's one book in The Dresden Files that you could read to get a feel for the whole series, one of the best books, you would read number six, Dead Beat. So what's that book for you? What, what what one thing should I read to know what is Dominica Line's work like?
2: Reptilian Wanderer. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Either one's a lot shorter. You get through it a lot quicker, but Reptilian Wanderer, if that's what you're looking for. So.
0: so Reptilian Wanderer is the other book that's that you have currently published right now. And what's it about?
2: It is about lizards in space, I believe is how people put it. Yes. <laughs> um, it. It's about this, pretty much this colony of reptilian aliens who are isolated and stuck in a living spacecraft. And and how they handle that. Let's try not to spoil anything.
0: Um, so given that your first book is about ghosts and your second book is about lizards, um, talking intelligent lizards, I, I want to be perfectly fair here. Do you intend on writing anything about humans?
2: I do. yes, I do. Um, <laughs> let me let me think for a second here. No, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, future humans probably with what I have right now but but there's more or less human at human quality, yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of, kind of, sort of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of, sort of. They
0: uh, like <laughs> a human. Niche. They're in the near vicinity. Um,
1: a human adjacent.
0: <laughs> see, now, I, I do want to counter Dornall's advice, by the way, on the Dresden Files. I think you're perfectly fine to start at the beginning of them and read them through because I have, and I love the series. Um, but that's just me. Apparently, I have a. Uh, Apparently, I have uh, less fussy tastes in reading than Dorinall does. Dorinall's a very, very picky reader. I mean, like, really.
1: And let me me clarify that, because there's nothing wrong with the first couple of books of the Dresden Files, I think. But objectively, it gets much better at three or four.
0: Yeah, you can tell he grows as a writer. Um, That he's had more practice as a writer by three or four, and they do get better. Um, They're just not...
1: It, I mean, it's just like it's just like a co-host Brian Niemeyer. Like the first three books are kind of eh, so I'm hoping the, the fourth one's good. <laughs> <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's not even here. Oh,
0: huge out of him. Brian
1: Niemeyer out of nowhere.
0: Nobody tell him that way when he read if he listens to the show later then he'll find out and if he never listens to the show if he never talks about it well, know he never listened to this show so <laughs> it's a trap you see it's a cunning plan um that is actually though by the way what you said earlier what are what your um influences are that's a better way that's a more um I don't know if I want to say it's just a nicer way of acting writers where they get their ideas from, but it makes the writers feel better than asking where their ideas from to ask them, who are your influences? What authors do you really, really like? Are there any authors that you uh, found inspiring or, or any authors that you found negatively inspired that you thought, I never, ever, ever want to write anything <laughs> like that piece of crap wrote? This book sucks, and if I ever wrote anything like it, I'd chop my hands off. Do, do you have a uh, uh, specific authors on either list? There,
2: <laughs> that is a good inverse question. <laughs> uh, well, I have plenty of authors, and you know, kind of in the mid range between those two questions. Uh, but I would have to say one of my ultimate love hate type of things were they can be so inspiring, but they can also enrage me so much that it's still inspiring um, would be Neil Gaiman. Cause I, I started reading him with Terry Pratchett and his uh, good omen. Yes. And then I, and then I read some more of his books because he's popular and, Oh, it's so easy to read his books because they're so easy to read. Just plain simple, Crows. Uh, but yeah, no. It I I get very fired up when I whenever I read anything he, he's written because I can I go, ah, I could do something better. <laughs> and I have to usually stop and go right. So in that way he's very influential for me. Um, <laughs> Is um, I have his American Gods right next to me for that very reason.
0: You uh, I will say this as far as the current description of your stories goes, and and it looks like looking at your Amazon page, you have a sequel to uh, I, the One coming out in winter of this year. So in the next couple of months. Um, And a sequel to Reptilian Wander* coming out sometime early in 2018. Um, This is Um, kind of a mean question. So that's what it says on your Amazon page. I'm just reading right here.
2: Not a sequel to Reptilian Wanderer.
0: Oh, so the ones above is not a sequel?
2: It is actually, it's in the same world as either one.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, I... uh, This is kind of a mean question. I don't mean it to be a mean question, but it's gonna be a mean question. And it kind of, it's interesting to me because one of the guests that we had on uh, game night a couple of weeks ago had the same difficulty. Um, Do, and we have several authors, published professional authors listening in to the show live right now, they're in the chat. So if you guys have answers too, feel free to, to jump in. Is it really, really difficult for authors to create a short pitch for their book that is at the same time um, exciting and inspiring. Do you have to go to to the kind of scumbags that work in ad departments for that or, or publicity? Uh, is that something difficult for authors to do? Uh,
2: um, well, I, I'm not gonna speak for other authors, you know, um, but for me, it, it is slightly difficult to write coffee um, for my own books. Um, and I would say it's because I have all of the information in my head from all of the everything, every element that went into making the book, every element behind every character. And you have to come up with something that's incredibly entertaining, yet just informative enough um, in a certain amount of words. I mean, because. It takes a certain level of condensation and constantly summarizing, and summarizing, summarizing. I always start with um, like a few paragraphs and then I cut it down and I cut it down and I cut it down, that type of thing.
0: Let me, um, let me give you an example. I might say something like, just based on your description of the book, I might say something like, um, John Smith died and found out that the next life is just as dangerous as this one. In an ethereal world of mists and darkness, uh, great things, evil things, hunt spirits and consume them, and now he has to fight to survive, whatever. To put something together like that to make it feel epic, to make it feel um, dangerous, make it feel ominous, Um, draw the audience in to tantalize them with the story or the characters or the setting Um, it's it's difficult to um, render all of your thoughts and and processes down to get to that point is what you're saying
2: well it's difficult to do it in a way that feels authentic to the actual story itself it's not difficult to do it in order to make an advertisement if that makes sense, because what it is is it's a formula. That what you're talking about is um, going. Okay, here's the situation, and then here's the protagonist, and then here's their objective, and then there's their opponent or other obstacle that's going to get in their way, and then you know, oh, what might happen? Question mark. I
0: mean, because because honestly, a story that was pitched to me like that. Here's a guy who's died, and he finds out that. The afterlife isn't heaven or hell. It's not eternal rest or eternal punishment. It's just another life with even worse dangers than this one has, including the danger of complete oblivion, and being completely destroyed by these creatures, and he's being hunted through the afterlife by monsters. That is a compelling concept. But when I I read the description of the book, it doesn't really... It says kind of that stuff, but not in a way that's grabby, not in a way that grabs you and makes you want to. Um, well, want that's, to because read that's, it.
2: that's because that's not exactly the story. But what you described there sounds like it would be the story in the world, but that's not actually what it is.
0: Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to spoil it, so I won't go into it. But, you know, like. um, by the way, folks, for those of you listening in uh, on the show later who can't read the chat, um, uh, Jakob Merkin, who was on the show earlier, uh, who has been on the show before, says that this same thing coming up with a, a grabby introduction is definitely hard for me. Um Stoic writer says it took a bit of thinking, uh, he came up with his own, but it took a bit of thinking, some time nonetheless. Um, and John Lawson said it wasn't difficult for him, but because his stuff is pretty straightforward, or pretty straight ahead, action, adventure uh, stories. So, there you, uh, there you go. There's a, a bunch of different responses from different authors about how they found, uh, how difficult or easy they found it to, write their own uh ad copy write their own uh you know write their own summary of their story that will drag people will entice people to read because uh, let's be perfectly honest nathan housley who does listen to the show occasionally but i don't know i don't know if he's going to listen to this episode or not uh, has been talking about over on google plus um some authors who not only um did great ad copy but they have like Concept art from their books in their Amazon description so that you don't just see the cover You also see a couple of other pieces of art uh, Next to paragraphs describing the book to again draw people in if you're going to be Indian if you're going to be doing books on Amazon um, I I Would like to see him write a longer piece about that so he could explain what exactly he found uh, Compelling about this person so he could explain the concept he sees and give other writers a chance to a chance to adopt it the more you can do to entice the audience the more likely people are to uh buy uh buy the stories you're selling so let me ask a question uh dominica um, do you consider yourself part of the pulp revolution
2: i do um
0: what is it about the pulp revolution that drew you in
2: Well, it was the enthusiasm I saw in the people that were <clears throat> getting involved with it. Um, and the kind of the writers that were around it um, at the time, I know, because I was reading comments on like Castelia House and stuff like that. And watching watching people on Twitter for a little bit, I was lurking around. And I really just liked the energy of of everything that was going on. And I... Decided I wanted to be a part of it actively.
0: Oh, you know what, folks? Nathan Housley is in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he will actually write, uh, write a post about that, because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see uh, what he thought about the the Amazon pages for a couple of books that um, he was saying were excellent. I'd love to see um, you know a detailed explanation of that. Okay, we are, um, we are running, oh, we're over time, technically. Um, oh. But, <laughs> but we don't have to care. Um, what? Are there any aspects of your current works that were inspired by um, pulp stories? Oh,
2: hmm. Not either one, because I found Pulp Rev. Kind of after that, *Reptilian um, Wanderer*. Mm, it had a little bit, a little bit, but not anything really specific necessarily. Um, it was more um, the general getting, trying to get into the action and avoid too much narrative introspection um, when I was doing the final manuscript. Um, and that was because I was reading a bit more Robert E. Howard and um, the Conan. And I just felt, felt influenced by it when I was doing it.
0: Um, all right. Uh, if you've been watching the chat, I assume, um, John? You've been watching the chat, I assume? Yes. Is there any uh, any good questions that we need to drag in from the chat?
1: Uh, the only question... No, they've all been answered. Okay. Uh, Dominique has actually been answering them in, in text.
2: I have the
0: chat on the side. Um, all right.
1: There, there, was a, there was a question for me, which I might as well answer on the air since it comes up occasionally, why I don't read. Uh, I typically spend my... Uh, my leisure time is typically spent gaming. I, I don't, uh, a book hasn't been my go-to for entertainment for a long, long time. So it takes a lot to get me started on a book. But uh, once I get started, uh, I find that I, I enjoy a lot of the books that I've been reading recently, especially um, like Brian Meyer stuff, uh, who, I, who I thoroughly destroyed earlier in the show. I really liked his <laughs> stuff. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, I I may have to I may have to check out this reptilian wanderers thing. This this sounds awesome. Um,
0: all right. Do you have any Do you have any uh, last thoughts, Dominica, before we take off?
2: Well, Roland in the chat asked about the title of Reptilian Wanderer, so I'll just answer that quickly. Sure. Uh, reptilian Wanderer um, is actually the last form of about five other titles that were much longer. um, And I went back and forth on the titles and kind of whittled it down. And I like reptilian wanderer because it is just as informative as it needs to be. while still, still giving exactly what the story is Um, because you know, it's reptiles, it's reptilians in space and the protagonist is a wanderer. So that, that would be why. All right. um, Other than that, uh, I would say, you know, go check out my Amazon, um, join my mailing list if you're interested in the books I'm going to be putting out in the next year or so. Um, I'm going to be writing a lot in November for NaNoWriMo. Uh, I'm planning on doing 175,000 words and and getting some manuscripts done.
0: If people um, are interested, there are. Uh, reviews of um, Dominica's work on the Castalia House blog. And uh, also, I believe uh, Raleigh Mianzi specifically asked me to mention that he had a review of your work on his blog. So I am specifically mentioning that by request.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely check out the reviews people have been writing for myself because they're just a blessing. I am so thankful for everyone that's been reviewing on them. Um, you know, Aral has on his blog both of them. Um, I believe Daytime Renegade has one on his blog. Um, Jeffro Johnson has a great review of Reptilian Wanderer that he wrote. It was just great. <laughs> so definitely read that if you don't read the book, at least read that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: do you have any last thoughts, John, before we take off? Do Do you want to insult Brian some more while he's not here? it's much more fun when he's here
1: uh thanks for coming on dominica that was a i had a great time talking with you thanks to everybody in the chat
2: thank you for inviting me you
0: all know. right folks thanks for tuning into geek gab uh this has been episode 120 uh, grave ghosts and reptilian star we are signing off for today by the way remember uh you can if you want to get notices of when the chat's going live so you can come and participate like all the people who participated today um, be sure to double secret subscribe click on the subscribe button and click on the bell to get the notifications You can catch Gab on youtube.com slash geekgab We are also available on the iTunes store the Google Play store and soundcloud.com uh, So you can download us to your favorite device or just listen to us uh, on the web Whatever you would like to do we are available to you because that's how much we care about your entertainment um, also, be sure there are links in the description below to my stuff on McStaley House blog, which is, I have to tell you, honestly, without ego, uh, it's awesome. Um, the stuff I put on the sale the house is great. It's mind-blowing. You will wonder how you ever lived your life without reading me on a weekly basis. You can also check out The Lost Hall of Tear. The Kickstarter link is in the description. It has funded, but if you want to uh, fund it more, then they'll put more art into it. By the way, I'm just advocating that because I like Douglas Cole's work. I have None of us have any uh, financial uh, involvement with Tear, so check it out. Uh, That is entirely advice, no ads at all. And you can also check out Brian Nehemiah's books, our fellow host who is not here today, um, but has been the butt of several jokes. His stuff, uh, his great, great stuff is available. The links are in the description below. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We are leaving for today. We're checking out. We're going to go away. I'm going to go. I have a pain pill sitting, yay, within hand's reach that I can now put in my uh, somewhat aching face and hopefully kill this pain. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We are leaving for today, but don't you worry. We will be back.